Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us for today's episode. Um, we're going to keep talking a little bit about um, employment and following along that same path as our last couple of previous videos, so check those out if you haven't. Um, but more specifically today, we wanted to talk about um, some of the distortions or cognitive distortions or thinking errors, as they're called, that stop people from working or make it hard to find and seek employment. Um, and we'll do our best without the brains here, so wish us luck. <laughs> <laughs> sure. You know, as I was thinking about it between um, the last time we filmed and this time, I find myself being really passionate about the role of employment in mental health recovery or in mental health well-being. If I ever come off too strong, maybe you ought to tell me, like, <laughs> hey, tone it down a tad, you know? Yeah. So, and this will be another one that I'm sure I'm passionate about, but as therapists, I think it's something that we do see regularly. Uh, as part of criteria for mental health conditions, we find there has to be some kind of social um, impediment or impairment uh, or an impairment in employment or things like that. And so oftentimes when folks come to therapy, it's because they, they find they're not performing as well at work as they used to. So I just thought it would be interesting to open up this idea of what kinds of things do we as clinicians see that people are saying about their places of employment? That's a good question. Um, I think some one of the common ones I, I hear is like that some variation or version of like their coworkers have created an environment that is not conducive to them, their good mental health. Whether mm -hmm. they call it a toxic environment or they call it like a, uh, like an overwhelming environment, some some variation of that. Does that, does that make sense? Uh huh. Where their their either their management or their their coworkers have. Are, are causing them so much mental distress that they need to not work there? I think the first thought that came to my mind probably fits under this umbrella. Um, I don't know that I've ever worked with somebody who enjoys being micromanaged. Yeah. Right? And that could be uh, coworkers or more, more likely the supervisors creating a toxic environment by micromanaging people. Yeah. Right? And then... Um, then it affects your ability to perform and you're constantly questioning or second guessing your own decisions. Am I a good employee? Can I tolerate being here? Uh, and so symptoms of anxiety and even depression increase, right? Yeah. Um, one that I was thinking of is, and I think we kind of hit on this in a previous video, but there's like a level of, I have to perform exceptionally well mm -hmm. at what I do. And that can be very hard to do because jobs are demanding, right? Yeah. Um, you know, as I think about the different kinds of careers, I think I alluded to this last week, but if you are working in healthcare or were in 2020, those poor nurses, CNAs, respiratory therapists, um, I wouldn't have been surprised if bosses or companies are like, you don't get to go home. Like you're working mandatory overtime. Yeah. Uh, that's hard. That totally. takes a toll on people. Yeah, I think uh, it's a it's a really unex unrealistic expectation that a lot of people have of themselves that we're going to perform at our best all the time. But I do see I have I have worked with a few people who are the, kind of that turns into like a, almost a if I if I can't be the best at it or if I can't be doing my best I just shouldn't do it at all. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and. and 
that's always a tricky one because I, I think we we are taught that we should be doing our best and we, we a lot of us do believe that we should be trying our best in areas of our life and uh, I, I think it, it creates maybe like a little bit of an unhealthy relationship with work and and we like touched on this last time I think where it's okay to go to work and not perform your best right no one requires you to do your best they just require you to do your job competently hopefully that is what we talked about last time yeah good point but yeah i don't know have you ever seen anything like that well yeah in fact i was going to ask you that question so what's like the outcome of that yeah if if the cognitive distortion is i have to do my best what does that look like when presented in therapy but since you beat me to the punch my thought would be um i like i like to call it analysis paralysis and so sometimes you get caught up in this idea of uh, do I or don't I? Is this the best or is this a terrible idea? And so you end up doing nothing. You end up doing mm-hmm. neither. Yeah. Um, sometimes I even see this in the decision-making process if you have two job offers on the table, which I actually had somebody I was working with last week who had two had offers and they had to make a decision by the end of the day. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sure they're going to make a great decision, but it's hard and you end up doing nothing instead. Yeah. And maybe this is like getting off on a tangent, but I think sometimes uh, we get so caught up on making the exact perfect right choice all the time and then don't make any choice, which is the worst option. Uh Where I I think many times in life, whether it's outside of work or in work, but... I guess focusing on work as the the topic of this, like like your client for example, probably either of those jobs they could take and life would be okay. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be it's gonna look different. You're gonna have a different work environment, work with different people, maybe different responsibilities. But the reality is like m- many many of the decisions. I won't say all of the decisions, but many of the decisions we make in life are sixes for lack of a better term, right? And you will be okay regardless, right? You're going to be okay if you go to the University of Utah or BYU, right? People will make a big decision or a big deal about which school they're going to go to, but fast forward a couple of years, yeah, you're going to meet different people, have different teachers, whatever, but you're going to come out with a degree, probably the same degree, right? Because you're going to study the same thing either way. Mm-hmm. And you pick this job or that job, yeah, there's going to be differences, but many of these choices are, are all okay, and there's not going to be the perfect right or wrong choice in a lot of situations. You know, a funny note on that. Um, there was a common belief at the time, and I don't know if it still is a belief or not, but it was among my household. Um, that for speaking a foreign language, you have the ability to increase your salary. right? Mm. And, I, and I think for some places there's truth yeah, to that. Yeah. Uh, so I was in college, I speak Spanish. And uh, I think... It was like three more classes or maybe four more classes to just have the degree uh, in Spanish rather than a minor in it. And here in Utah, lots of us speak Spanish. It's not super uncommon. And so I thought, oh, well, in order to give myself a leg up, well, I'll just do the extra four classes. And it made me take another semester probably of college. Um, And then when I go up for a job position against somebody else who also speaks Spanish, well, I've got the actual degree. Spanish degree, yeah. And if you sit down and ask me how much that's benefited me, <laughs> the answer has been almost zero. I think one previous place... Are you an Eagle Scout too? I'm not an Eagle oh. Scout, no. <laughs> um, although I should be. Uh, I think one previous place of employment 
did bump my pay for the Spanish, but everybody else that spoke it did too. I didn't get more of a bump just for the degree, degree. just because you spoke it though. Right. But then the other thing too, like since graduating college, um, how often have people asked about what your GPA was in college? Yeah, never once. Never. Like nobody cares, right? You get the degree. So I just think that expands to the point of your decisions are most likely sixes, which, you know, had a wise individual once tell me, uh, moving away from the spectrum of right and wrong and moving closer to a spectrum of better or worse mm. is maybe a more healthy way of looking at things. I like that. Um, because most things in life, I think, like you say, most decisions are probably not like life ending decisions. Yeah. Right. In regards to employment. Sure. I'm sure there's some there that can be better. <laughs> sure. I, and I think uh, I like that idea of going towards better or worse. And this is like the most interesting thing to me about this specific thinking error or distortion is this job or that job might not matter a whole lot, but working or not working has a major consequence. I like that. Right? Or going to school or not going to school just because you can't pick one, there, that's going to really drastically probably change the path of your life. Whereas going to, yeah, like I said, going to U- the University of Utah or BYU probably won't change the path that much because they're both going to school. And so it's interesting to me that we get caught on the specifics of which this job or that job or this school or that school and not realizing that we're actually making the choice of not going to school at all or not working at all. And th- those are not even argued that probably objectively more problematic. Why do you think that is? That's a good question. I don't know. I, I think about this a lot with these clients that, that I deal with, and I, I don't know if I've ever given them the best answer in the world, but part of me thinks it's almost like uh, a fear of making the wrong choice or a fear of messing up. And I think depending on how you were raised, some people put a lot of weight in messing up versus maybe having an attitude of like, well, if I make the wrong choice, I make the wrong choice, and it's okay. I think some of us might learn that making the wrong choice is a big deal and we have to be always making the right choice. So one of the things you're suggesting is the decision is being given too much importance and too much of a weighted importance when really the important part is doing something. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's uh, working at the grocery store or working fast food. The important part is that you're working. Yeah. Right. I think I would totally agree with that. Okay. Let me throw this one at you because I'm finding at least one individual that I can think of right now where I find in doing counseling with them, I feel the urge very much to push, go gain more skills than Mm. what you currently have. And I, I try not to push that too much because the client gets to decide. Right. Yeah. Um, but I think it would benefit their life greatly. What about this idea of job versus career? Mm. Um, And maybe it kind of morphs into that, like I have to pick the right job so I can get the right career. Yeah, yeah. And maybe it falls into that analysis paralysis, but what about the idea that I can take a job right now that doesn't have to be my long-term job? Thanks for checking out today's video. Please stay tuned for part two coming soon. Thank you.